All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is May 24th. It's day 23 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I am at Daily Faceoff World Headquarters in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta. We've got a Battle of Alberta Game 4 on Tuesday night. He is former NHL netminder and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing, man? Well, I'm in my guest room closet. You might be at the headquarters, but here I am. But you know what? I, I really thought about today's show, and I, I went with Tampa and Florida, and I thought that was appropriate because we'll be talking about them shortly. The closet of fame strikes again. All the jerseys on display. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's talk about those Tampa Bay Lightning, who you once tended goal for, and let's talk about their netminder, perhaps maybe the best clutch closeout player of all time in Andre Vasilevsky. You take a look at his numbers here in his last seven series clinching games, a 995 save percentage. He's given up one goal in seven games, six shutouts. Mike, as the Florida Panthers were held off the scoreboard for the first time all season long, this vaunted offense put up just three goals in the four-game series, they played their best game of the series, Mike, in game four, but had very little to show for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at this point, do we look at Vasilevsky and say that his contract is a value, Frank? No one wants to pay goalies. Well, this guy deserves every penny he's getting. I mean, this is otherworldly what we're seeing with Vasilevsky closing out games with shutouts. 
for this for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's so dialed in. Now you do look at this series though, Frank, and I think it was a little bit closer than it ended up looking being a four nothing series. But you know how does Tampa Bay do it? Well, uh, the usual suspects, of course, are there: Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman. They all did their thing, but Braden Point wasn't even in the lineup for most of the series, Frank. You get players stepping up, Corey Perry, Ross Colton, and this team oozes confidence in Tampa Bay in the right way. They managed the puck better than Florida. They blocked shots. Tampa was never overwhelmed by the moment. And even in game four, two goals called back. They just kept working. And then Vasilevsky slams the door shut with yet another shutout, Frank. like He's on the verge right now of being considered the greatest money goaltender of all time. Like of all time, if, if Tampa wins a cup, like he might be the goat, dude. Like this is this is wild what we're witnessing, man. Yeah, I think he's there. And I think your point is well made about his contract being a value when you have that kind of confidence in your netminder when he shows up like he has. I mean, just look at Andre Vasilevsky's playoff numbers since game six of overtime against the t- Toronto Maple Leafs. Like we had talked about that then. I remember on, on this show saying, hey, look. That's the one thing the Leafs should be afraid of is it looked like Vasilevsky was able to dial it in. And the other thing I like about this lightning win is they, you mentioned, will likely get point back for their third straight trip to the Eastern Conference Final. They're going to get a week off for a team that's played more hockey than anyone. The commitment to win. We saw that in Game 7 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very few mistakes made. And John Cooper saying after that game, Game 4, when they swept the Panthers, hey, look, this is a team that is willing to block shots with its teeth to win. They got in every shooting lane possible, made life difficult for the Cats, who now have some significant questions ahead of them, Mike, as they look toward a summer in which they really loaded up to go for this. They won their first playoff series. Uh, since 1996 in the first round against the Washington Capitals. They didn't make it easy. The President's Trophy curse is alive. Uh, The ninth straight year that the President's Trophy winner is out in the first or second round. And when you look at Florida, who now has a complicated cap situation, Claude Giroux is a pending free agent, in addition to Ben Sherratt and some others, they have some dead cap money that's going to be on the books. What's your la- what's the lasting taste in your mouth from this Panthers season? They accomplished a lot during the regular season, but in the playoffs had such little to show for it. You know, I, I I'm going to push back a little bit because they did at least get a first round win. You know, they beat the Capitals who pushed them really hard. Yeah. But I mean, like you're still looking for something here that they can grow on and the experience of it's important. Like, Andrew Burnett gained really important experience as a head coach in the National Hockey League. You know, so he come back next year. I mean, that's to be determined. But I think Bill D- Bill Zito did a good job of loading up this team in the ways he could. They just didn't perform when it came down to it. Like, how bad was their power play? How poor did they play offensively once they got into the zone? They couldn't break through on Tampa Bay. And, and realistically, this is their second year, second go at the postseason with this group. And you have to look at like Anton Lundell. Okay, healthy scratch, man. Who saw that coming? He's going to grow and learn from this. Lucerainen's great, getting great experience out of this. I think they missed Mason, Mason Marchman an awful lot, Frank. But the one thing that I'm kind of concerned with, though, is that I think there's still questions in net. There's still what about Bob? He was okay, but he's been okay too much, especially for 10 million bucks, man. Like a 9-11 save percentage in this playoffs is fine, but that's only a little bit better than his 9-1 career save percentage. So four more years left at 10 million bucks, man. Like Bob's either going to have to get dominant in playoffs or the Cats are going to have to hope that Spencer Knight gets even better next season if they're going to be able to go further. 
Yeah, and that's maybe the one, I don't know if you want to call it a disappointment. It was maybe a pleasant surprise that Bobrovsky found his game a little bit in the regular season, but that night didn't really step up to grab it. Mason Marchman, as you mentioned, also in that class of pending unrestricted free agents for the Florida Panthers. And, you know, I just look at this group. Jonathan Huberto needs a new contract. He's entering the mm-hmm. final year of his deal this next season. And, you know, they had just put a lot of stock, all their, you know, sort of eggs into this basket this season. You know, when you when you size it up overall, I, I know you mentioned the, the expectation and, and the experience that they got in these playoffs, having won around and and now having a chance to take a step forward. It's ultimately, though, sort of a feeling I would have to think of a disappointment, not even able to put up one win against the two-time defending champs on the board. Let's take a look at uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Mike, what a story last night. Nazem Kadri, uh, he's had his fingerprints all over this series. He knocks Mm -hmm. out Jordan Bennington in Game 3, comes back in Game 4 after receiving death threats and racist threats on social media. And puts up a hat trick. And the Blues certainly took their runs at uh, at Nazem Kadri, trying to get back at him, trying to make him lose his cool. A guy that has been suspended multiple times in playoff games. You see the Blues and Buchnevich going after him. Um, when when you look at that performance, you know what what stands out for you in terms of Nazem Kadri and the impact that he's had. Some players thrive on being the villain, Frank, and that was Nazem Kadri last night. Going, you know, pot a hat trick, but after the goals, giving it to the fans. And I don't blame him for a second, man. Did, like, it's not hard to find some of these messages that he received on Instagram. They're out there. Uh, they can be seen on the internet, man. It's gross. Like I'm from St. Louis and it makes me sick with some of the people from my town. Like the undercurrent of racism in the city is still alive and well. And that makes me angry. But Kadri channeled that and he put his head down and played. And he always plays right to the limit. He's gone over the limit plenty of times in his career. But in this series, I think he's towed it without going crazy with it. And I thought that the Blues didn't handle it well. I mean, Buchnevich takes a cross-checking penalty and then Perron comes in and takes another minor penalty in the same instance and puts their team down five on three for St. Louis. That is not how you're going to get back into a series that you're down two to one. And you just simply can't do that. And, and it's not just that Kadri's got St. Louis off their game. He's producing, man. Like he's driving that second line and the Blues haven't had an answer for it. The Blues top line of O'Reilly has matched great against McKinnon's top line. But that secondary line for Colorado is crushing St. Louis. And that's all Nazem Kadri. He's played in their face. He's played hard. He's had scoring touch. And things are going right for him right now. And kudos to him for a great postgame press conference. Frank, I thought Kadri has handled this whole situation incredibly well. Yeah, basically saying if you're someone that hates, that was for you. So uh, just an incredible impact, I think, for Nazem Kadri to display all that. You know, he had said, I tried to keep a lot of this to myself, bottled up and, you know, pretend that it's not a big deal when it is. And to then see some of those messages, as you mentioned, be out there on social media. His wife posted a bunch on Instagram to some of the messages that he received. It does make you sick to have that kind of impact, to speak on it, to be so up front and center about it, I think is a huge service to, to everyone out there that thinks that, you know, maybe this isn't a problem and that there isn't systemic racism that still occurs, uh, not only, you know, around the world, but also in the hockey world as well. 
So yeah. incredible job by Nazem Kadri to uh, to step up and play through all that to be a big time performer. And by the way, quickly, Mike, the Blues and Billy Huso haven't exactly handled being thrust into the spotlight as well. No, they haven't, and that's that's been a tough spot for St. Louis. To me, it looks like the Blues lost their identity the moment Jordan Bennington was knocked out of Game Three, and they haven't been able to recover it yet for extended stretches. Which is amazing because he wasn't their guy for the bulk of this yeah. season. Who's so the guy? Uh, let's talk yeah. about that Battle of Alberta. I'm out here in Edmonton. Game four, huge opportunity for the Oilers tonight to to really put a skate to the throat of their arch rival Calgary Flames. They were utterly dominant in game three. The Flames had no answer. And you speak of an identity. The Flames seemed to lose their identity against that top line of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane. 55 combined points in 10 playoff games for those three players. If you're Calgary, Mike, and you're sitting there and you're looking at this game four, you're Daryl Sutter, you get a chance to put on your coach's hat. How would you play game four against that top line and against the Oilers in general? Do you go ferocious forecheck or do you try and sit back and dumb it down a little bit? No, Calgary's got to take their game to the Oilers. They can't sit back and let McDavid and Dreisaitl come through the middle of the ice like they did in game in, in game three. Like you just you simply can't do that against them. You have to forecheck as hard as possible. Now, the flip side to it is that. I think McDavid's playing his best 200-foot hockey of his career, Frank. The way he tracks back into the zone and how tenacious he is on pucks, neutral zone, defensive zone, it's impressive to watch. And, and when you put Dreisaitl on that line, when Dreisaitl's battling an ankle injury we all know about, you know, he, it takes some load off of him. And Kane's been phenomenal. So if you're the, if you're the Calgary Flames, like the top line of Edmonton is obviously driving the boat. You've got to shut them down. But the way you do it is by not letting them have the puck. And you're really looking for Elias Lindholm to win these matchups. He's got to be better than Connor McDavid uh, with and without the puck. And then he's going to need the help from his line mates. You're going to need Goudreau to play harder. You're going to need Matthew Kachuk to stay focused and get in on the forecheck and do his thing as well, Frank, because I still believe Calgary has more depth if they can utilize it. But right now, Frank, they are not. It has been all Edmonton, especially in the last two games. Yeah, I think that's been one of the real shocks of the series for me, Mike, is to see the Flames be that off their game, be that far away from really what's been the staple for their team all season long, that forecheck, and to see the Oilers be the team that had really struggled at times this year to get going Seven out of nine playoff games, they struggled to start, and yet they were the team in game three that had pushed the pace to be able to set the tone and and dictate the style of play of that game. I really like, too, their mindset, Mike. Mike Smith mentioned after the game, you know, as everything, it's pandemonium outside in Edmonton. Everyone's celebrating a game three win against the arch rival, and Smith is saying, hey, hold on a second. We, we, we should have learned a lesson in round one. We had a two-to-one series lead against the LA Kings. They weren't able to convert in game four. They played perhaps their worst game in a while. Jay Woodcroft mentioned it as well. That's their, their mindset. I wrote about it today on dailyfaceoff.com. Can they have that killer instinct? They have an amazing opportunity to go up 3-1 in this series and to be knocking on the door of the Western Conference final if they can get a win tonight at Rogers Place. Yeah, and you look at who they've got in the lineup. You got the Undertaker on D, Duncan Keith, right? Remember the picture of him going into the bubble a couple of years ago? Muscles everywhere, long hair. Like, he's playing pretty good hockey, man. And, like, remember when Ken Holland made that deal for Keith and everybody went, ooh, baby, I don't know about that. No money retained, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's why, man. 
he's leading the way for that club on defense, especially and getting things going in transition. So you get that experience and you utilize it. But Mike Smith's right. It's just a two to one lead. Crazy things can happen. Edmonton has to continue to play their own game and impose impose it on Calgary. Yeah, and Mike Smith has been pretty darn good, too. He had a shutout bid going until he was pulled by the concussion spotter. Let's take a more detailed look at the goalie position and work our way around the league with this week's edition of The Blue Paint. All right, Mike, it's time for another edition of The Blue Paint delivered by DoorDash. I'm so interested in your thoughts and take on Jacob Markstrom in this series. He's really struggled at times, pulled in game three, probably should have been pulled in game one as the Flames blew two separate four goal leads. And when you take a look at Jacob Markstrom, Mike, and and I've always wondered about this, his splits against the Edmonton Oilers as a member of the Calgary Flames over these last couple years. 14 games, 878 save percentage. He's really struggled. I've never been a big believer in splits. Is it possible that the Oilers just have his number? What are you seeing in his game? Well, it's definitely possible. I mean, that's one of the things that I looked at when I previewed this series coming in was going, oh boy, not just career, but even this season for Markstrom wasn't great against the Oilers. And you know, game one, Frank, for me, I didn't like Markstrom's game at all. You know, I know that the Flames won. And if I was Markstrom, I would have wanted to stay in the entire game. I'd be happy that Sutter stuck with him. But, you know, two bad angle goals from Hyman where he's lingering in RVH and just not as diligent as he needed to be in his positioning. And, you know, game two, fine. It, but last game, I thought Markstrom was great to start the game. But w- what I'm seeing, Frank, is that I think Markstrom's playing a little small. I think he's getting down and too aggressive in his stance and he's opening up. He's had an over-reliance on post integrations, RVH, like I mentioned earlier. But here's the big thing that I think. Calgary's been loose, Frank, and they're letting players get to the front of net on Markstrom. And this is where I think he can be better. He's not using a stick at all when players are in tight. McDavid's going around, Kane's going around, and he's not cutting off lanes. And sometimes you got to be aggressive, especially against a team like Edmonton that's so skilled with their hands in tight. So I think Markstrom has areas to improve, obviously. But Frank, right now, man, Edmonton looks like they really do have his number. They have a game plan against Markstrom and move him laterally and get the puck airborne. And on the flip side, has Mike Smith been for real? Yeah, dude, this is real, man. And this just falls in line with Mike Smith's career numbers in playoffs. And the reason being is for me, Frank, is that, you know, Smith plays deep in his goal. Everybody sees that the moment he's on the ice, like he doesn't take a lot of a net, a lot of crease, a lot of depth. Well, what that does is it keeps him in position for most shots. And as the playoffs go further, teams bunker down in the slot areas. They don't allow the same percentage of shots from the grade A, from the home base area. So when shots keep to the outside, it plays into Mike Smith's game because he's already square. He's arriving on time and his puck handling has gotten the Oilers going the other direction, Frank. I've been really impressed. And man, I love that stone cold entrance he had coming back into the game from the dressing room. Are you serious, man? I'm like, I'm thinking like stone cold with the beers, you know, like, and the fans going bonkers, like, it's a pretty cool moment, man. I, I was jealous of Smith. I wish that could have been me. All right. That's two wrestling references in the show. That's enough out of you. Uh, hey. Still, uh, it looked like 
Mike Smith, it felt like a gladiator entering the Coliseum. That's what the roars were like in Rogers place for game three when he came back with about seven minutes left. Uh, Let's turn our attention to what we thought was another goaltending mismatch in round two. We assume that with Smith going against Markstrom, a Vezina finalist, you've got a Vezina finalist and Hart finalist in Igor Shesterkin going against Antti Ranta. These two goaltenders have allowed a combined seven goals in this second round series. Does either one have the edge? I can't even believe I'm asking this question. Well, if you look at the numbers strictly, Ranta does. Um, But I think it's very even here, Frank. And really, it's been something of a sleepy series. I don't think it's been as exciting as a lot of us expected, especially with the star power on the Rangers. I I thought they'd really be able to kick it in gear. But, you know, you look at Shishjurkin in a series against Pittsburgh. He wasn't great at the start of that. He had two bad games, and that put his team down three to one. But ever since then, he's done really well. He's learned how to battle through the contact that happens in playoffs, I think. And he's had to find a new emotional level of investment. So interesting stat on Shesterkin. Anytime he's faced more than 31 shots, he's 5-0. and When he's faced 30 or less, he's 1-3. and So take that for what it is. But I think Ranta just, man, he's just so He's so casual that people forget how good this guy is. His positioning is that good. He's usually in position. He plays a very calm game. So he's not flashy. He doesn't get a lot of credit. Carolina has been really good in front of him, though. So he fits the bill there. And, and Frank, even with Anderson skating, I think this is Ranta's net right now. It would be for me. I mean, Anderson's mm-hmm. been out so long at this point. Ranta's dialed in and in the zone. There's no yep. chance that I'd be seeding the crease unless, you know, Ranta does something that would determine or deserve that. So, um, you know, that's fascinating series to continue to watch. It's sort of been boring at times, but really interested to see whether the Rangers can uh, get back even to level ground in this series as the Canes need to prove that they can win on the road. And anti Ranta could be a big part of that. We touched briefly on Vili Huso. Uh, to me, Mike, he's looked like a goaltender since he entered for Jordan Bennington that has sort of been deer in the headlights, has struggled to manage the moment, I think. Is there a chance that St. Louis can get back in this series with Huso and Net, or do you think their chances are a bit done? Uh, they might be well done since Jordan Bennington exited the crease. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think St. Louis is really in trouble here. And it, it, it Frank, it is, man. They're, it looked like their identity just went out the door when Bennington got hurt. And, and this isn't just that Huso's had a tough go. He has, okay? He's allowed 18 goals in his past four games. Five goals, four, four, five. Like, it's a lot of rubber going in the net. And they're clean shots, Frank, which is worrisome. And he's getting killed above his pads, blocker side, glove side. And to me, it's just... It's missing little adjustments to stay square to shots. And I I think that he's really looked a little bit passive or even intimidated at times. He hasn't had that confident approach to where he is. And Huso was one of the best rush goaltenders in the NHL this year in the regular season. And that hasn't been the case in playoffs. To me, that speaks to confidence. He does not handle the puck nearly as well as Jordan Bennington. And that was a huge asset for the Blues through the first round and a half. So it's going to be tough. I mean, Huso's going to have to regain form, but the team in front of him is going to have to be a lot better too, Frank, because St. Louis wasn't even in that game last night against Colorado. And it's been such a weird series or even playoffs to analyze the Colorado Avalanche in general, Mike, because this is the second round in a row. You see Soros in the first round, now Jordan Bennington in the second, that they're not facing the other team's top netminder. And you go, okay, well, how does, how exactly does this work here? Um, You know, 
Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr both held off the score sheet to this point in the mm-hmm. second round. It's really been hard to figure. So uh, Mike loved the detailed insight and analysis this week on the edition of the blue paint delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. D-F-O-D-D if you're in Canada. D-F-O-D-D-U-S if you're in the United States. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. It's a battle of Alberta night. You don't want to cook all your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. Mike, Craig Berube, uh, certainly in a little bit of hot water after his decision to not offer comment. So he says very little at, when asked about Nazem Kadri and the death threats and racist threats that he received. Give me one word to describe Craig Berube's lack of words. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, that's the moment where y- you need to say something like you need to condemn what at least is being said. And, you know, you flip it back and I can understand why Berube is just remaining silent because Kadri called him out saying maybe Berube's never heard of bulletin board material <laughs> from his comments after game one. So, you know, you were looking at it on the screen right here that obviously Kadri was motivated by what Berube said previously. Now coming back and not saying anything, I just I felt that this was a time where Barube could have said something that really didn't even relate to the game that could have helped out from the social aspect of things. And it just it didn't happen. But Frank, like people get caught up in playoffs, man, they just like things slip and I'm not giving a pass there. But after an emotional game like that, it's sometimes this stuff happens. Yeah, no pass. The word for me is disappointing. I mean, you're the head coach to St. Louis Blues. Your fan base has been sending these threats to Nazem Kadri. You have a chance to be asked about it after a whole 24 hours had transpired since it was known that the Blues and the NHL had to beef up a security and police presence around Kadri because of those threats. And yet you have an opportunity to to turn down the temperature with your fan base and you say, I'm not going to talk about that stuff. You have an obligation as an NHL head coach, let alone one who has previously been fined in his playing career for using racist language on the ice to say enough is enough. We've reached May 24th, 2022. This stuff should not be happening. It's appalling. I know Craig Berube a little bit. I think he's a good guy. I just think that this was a missed opportunity here to use his platform, even though he's not a political or social guy, to just say, hey, this isn't right. Let's stop doing that. And instead... You know, Nazem Kadri hears him say that and here's what he said after game three when he knocked uh, Bennington out of the game. And, and he uses that as fuel to his fire. So some sweet, sweet, sweet revenge for Nazem Kadri and the Colorado Avalanche, who now have the Blues on the brink of elimination. Mike, let's take a look at our playoff matchups tonight. You've got the Carolina Hurricanes trying to get out to a three to one lead, the Edmonton Oilers as well. Which team needs this win most tonight on the docket? I really think Calgary does. If they don't pull off a win tonight, and and I think game fours are always pivotal, man. If you go down three to one in a series, good luck, dude. Like I've been on a team that came back from a three to one before, and it's a grind. And you pull it off, and that next round gets even more daunting. So I think I think Calgary has to pull even this evening. 
No doubt about that. Let's get to our daily face-off daily bet segment. Tyler Ramchuk doing the old Chris oh, Collins. They were right there next to each other. Look at that. Oh. Daily face-off world headquarters here in Edmonton, Alberta. Tyler? How's it been going on the betting front this series? Uh, well, yesterday I bet on Nazem Kadri to pick up one assist. Just one assist is all I needed. And then the guy goes, rattles off a hat trick, but he picks up an apple on the empty netter. So we nailed Kadri at plus 110. Missed on our other bet, but that's okay. You know, you end the day up 0.1 of a unit. That's profit as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's jump into what I got tonight, though, with courtesy of our friends at points bet canada starting with that matchup on the top and even though i've missed on the or i have missed on the over under a couple of times in this series i've now learned my lesson i'm going to stay away i'm not going to bet the over even though that plus 110 is very very tantalizing but i am going to go into a player prop here and take mika zabanajad to pick up an assist has been one of my favorite bets throughout the year and if i can get it priced at that 110 to 120 range like it is tonight I'm all over it. He's hit it in six of his last 10 or six of the 10 games so far in the playoffs. And he has a total of five assists in his last five games as well. Zabanishad plus 110, plus 120, right in that range to pick up an assist. That's a fantastic bet. And I like Connor McDavid to score tonight at even money on points bet. This is a fantastic spot. He's coming off a game where he didn't score. We know he's been red hot. And while he didn't find the back of the net himself, he had a lot of opportunities to do so. He could have had two or three goals himself in the first period alone against the Flames. So I don't necessarily love taking a winner or a loser in either of these games tonight, but I do like going with a Zibanejad assist and a McDavid goal. And the Oilers and Flames finally hit the under for a game yeah. in game three. We'll see what happens if it's another high scoring affair. Tyler, you're supposed to be our betting expert, but Mike McKenna has Ooh. been on fire with the points bet. <laughs> Magic Mike picks. Mike, it's uh, been awesome to see you dip your toe a little bit into the betting world. What's it been like for you? Yeah, for a guy who doesn't know anything about it, man, and, and especially can't dance like a magic mic, um, it's pretty cool to see it's actually working right now. So maybe I know a little bit about hockey. I don't know, man. I think it's just beginner's luck right now. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I think you're slightly qualified to talk about it and maybe even wager yeah. on it. Mike, uh, you had some magic pick. Let's hear your magic words in garbage time as we uh, what's caught your eye from around the hockey world? What's gotten your attention? Well, last night, sitting in the press box, watching the Blues try to come back against the Avalanche, Pavel Buchnevich finally scores. It felt like it had been forever for him. You could see the excitement. Watch his reaction after he scores this goal. This, the, Watch the glass behind it. Whammy! Like, dude, he hits his stick so hard off the glass. I've never seen somebody celebrate a goal by nearly destroying their stick against the glass. Like, I feel bad for the people in the first row if there were small children there. But it was the biggest outburst of, like, pure raw emotion I've seen in a very long time. And I don't know. I mean, I just... I, I thought it was awesome. I felt bad for the glass. It's expensive. It didn't break, but you just don't see that every day. I've been doing this a long time. And that's, that's the first time I've seen a celly like that, guys. Isn't yeah. that like the best part of the playoffs, though, is seeing like how the celebrations go to like an absolute 12 out of 10? You've seen it's it from pure. all the stars, too. Austin Matthews had a few. Yeah. Uh, Connor McDavid has shown that rare display of emotion. And uh, while well, we saw the Evander Kane, and there's been lots of different <laughs> celebrations as we've gone throughout the playoffs. That's the best part. What's this, you know, what's this Battle of Alberta game four going to bring? Tensions, you know, rising a little bit in that third period. Milan Lucic gets tossed after a little bit of an acting job. Uh, by Mike Smith, who was able to sell that hit so well, and what? I'd imagine that uh, we what? might we might see we might see a fight, Mike, in Game Four. What do you think? 
I think you would. I mean, he didn't sell that. He got clobbered. I mean, not like not like run over hardcore, but like, Come on. man, I don't know. Watch it. In Elon Murphy's had the best line on Monday when he was asked about it, and he said, "I think we all know here if I really intended to hit Mike Smith that we would both be out for Game Four." So I thought that that was yeah. so perfectly well said. <laughs> thanks to Tyler Ramchuk, thanks to Mike McKenna, and thanks to all of you for watching today's edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. So much happening in the hockey world keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news insight and analysis from around the nhl we'll be back right here 12 noon eastern time on wednesday to break it all down and talk about it until then enjoy the games everyone thanks for watching the daily faceoff show make sure you hit subscribe on our youtube channel to never miss an episode What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.